This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello welcome to Series 2, Episode 3 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. We've had seven matches and a new midfielder since we last spoke to you. Um, only in pre-season. Anyway, Nemanja Matic is, is a red for £40 million or so on a three-year contract. We've beaten City, Real Madrid, LA Galaxy, Real Salt Lake, Valerenga and Sampdoria have been beaten by Barcelona. Uh, we'll be talking about what we can learn from pre-season, if anything, how Matic will impact United, and what more is needed in the transfer window. And we've got a big youth update for you, since it's so long since we last spoke to you. Jack, let's start with Nemanja Matic, one of the league's best midfielders under Jose Mourinho whilst at Chelsea in the season they won the league under under Jose. Less good since. If he can be lifted to those, those what was it, 2014-15 levels, then... 35 million plus 5 million add-ons seems, seems very reasonable in the current market. All, all dependent pretty much on which Matic we end up seeing, I guess. Like you said, when he was at Chelsea in his first season back there with Mourinho, probably the best holding midfielder in the league, um, certainly up there. He was played a huge, huge part in that title winning season. Since then, there's been a huge drop-off and you know who knows whether that's to do with confidence or the system he was playing in or just a natural decline who knows I mean 40 million for a, a 35 million for a 29 year old normally is not something that I would be too pleased about and I and I'm still not over the moon with the Matic signing I think I, w- I would have preferred us to go for other options but whether there were actually concrete links to people like Fabinho then who knows but I think he will offer us some solidity at the base of midfield and I think it will allow Herrera and Pogba a little bit more freedom, which is what we've been crying out for for the last couple of years, especially in Herrera's case. Yeah, I mean, we are paying, we're, we're buying a midfielder to help our other midfielders. And people have sort of been taking the piss out of that. But really, I mean, that's that's what you do with a with a football team. Yeah. I mean, signing Matic should help Pogba, Herrera and Carrick. And yeah, I mean, the point you make about 29 by the time this goes out, he's old. Um, he turned 29 just after he joined United. And that's probably why I'm not hugely excited by this. But it should be um, an instant guarantee of quality if you think Matic has that quality. Um, and that's needed when most of our signings have been players under the age of 24 who need some years to develop to their peak. Pogba, Lukaku, 
Lindelof, um, Eric Bailly are all players who in two or three years could be hitting that peak level. And Matic is just past that peak level, but is a, is a guarantee of, of quality. Um, and I suppose he wasn't, he wasn't really a standout under Antonio Conte as previously under Mourinho, but it's still the midfielder who played 35 of Chelsea's 38 Premier League games in a title winning season last year. I mean, he he wasn't as good under Conte, but he still formed a great partnership with N'Golo Kante. And probably because Kante is good, was probably made to look worse by the fact that he had to do less. I was actually very shocked when I read how much he played last season because he almost flies under the radar all the time because I, I guess what his, his job often is just to do the simple things very well. I think in that sense, he's kind of similar to Carrick, but a little bit more combative, I guess, at the um, in that holding midfield position. And I, I know what you mean. There's been a lot of people kind of almost laughing at the fact that, you know, we've bought Matic effectively to kind of help our other midfielders. But when you have a player with the quality and the potential of Paul Pogba, which I think we we all agreed that that quality is just incredible as is his potential to improve, you have to build the squad around them. And the supporting players are as important as the, as that great player himself. So Bayern Matic, I think, is in very, very important for Pogba's development. I mean, we'll come on to the Sampdoria game more um, properly in a few minutes. But, you know, one thing that I really, really noticed in the first half against Sampdoria was how many runs Pogba making, was making from deep into the box. And that was something that he did on a regular basis for Juventus, but didn't really see that much of it last season because of the role he was having to play. It was kind of holding him back a little bit. And I think seeing him getting forward so much really kind of hit home to me exactly what the point of this Matic signing was. And I don't think it was until I kind of saw it in action that I truly appreciated what he's going to bring to this team, almost not because of himself, but because of what he will do for yeah, others. He's not he's not the same as Pogba in that he'll be doing those moments that just make you sort of sigh with satisfaction, but he, he'll be a, a very important player, like Carrick has been a very important player. Different players, definitely. Hasn't got the same passing ability, but probably has better um, covering of the defence. And with quite an inexperienced defence as well, um, we'll see who's playing at right back when Valencia isn't. Could be Fossi Mensah. Um, could be Damian, and then likely our two centre-backs will be 22 and 23 in Bayern and Lindelof. And even if it's not those two inexperienced defenders, then it's going to be two rubbish ones in Smalling and Jones. And then at left-back, you've either got Shaw, who uh, defensively still isn't at his best, or you've got a terrible left-back in in Damian, or a terrible left-back in Rojo, when he finally comes back in December. So, we we do need protection for that defence and Matic will hopefully offer that as well as being a good player midfield. And don't be surprised to see both Matic and Carrick playing big games potentially as well. Yeah, that that would be classic Mourinho. Um, two two defensive midfielders. <laughs> one who can pass the ball, one who can just sort of bully people. Um, I I mean, Matic is a classic Mourinho second season signing. He was, virtually, yeah. he was almost a second season signing at Chelsea. He joined in, in his first year, but in January and was basically a signing for the next season. And then Mourinho won the league when he sort of... Mourinho tends to come into a club, have a year, realise what's needed, realise what signings are needed to be made, and identify them, and then identify targets. And I suppose Matic is the one he's he's gone for. He, he probably... He wouldn't be my choice. I'm not I'm not over the moon at Matic joining United. But, I mean, it, it could... I would love to be proved wrong and he turn out to be the best signing of the summer. And to be honest, he could be more important 
in this next season, not over the next five years, but just in this next season, then Lukaku and then Lindelof. And I think he almost definitely will be because Lukaku's virtually replacing something we had last year in Zlatan Ibrahimovic, as in we had those goals last year. Hopefully he'll do a little better, um, but that'd be hard. Whereas Matic is bringing something new to United in that we yeah. haven't had a midfielder like this for, for some years. I suppose that's why he's probably going to be the most important signing we make this summer. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's definitely addressing a key area that we haven't really been able to address for a long, long time. There was a period where Ferguson tried to play Phil Jones in midfield and that didn't really work out. And then there was the awful period on David Moyes when Fellaini was using that role and that definitely didn't work out. Um, And we kind of persisted with Carrick there and Carrick has done a great job, but he's definitely not the kind of kind of midfielder that breaks up players as well and as easily as Matt Hitch. We've tried to use Herrera there in the last couple of seasons and hasn't I mean it's worked to some extent in that Herrera is very combative but he's also not the best defensively and he ends up just giving away a lot of fouls playing in that area. So Matic really is the first player we've had for quite a few years who is kind of a natural in this role. Hopefully it will it will enable us to kind of move forward and allow our other midfielders to flourish. But like I said, it's definitely, he wouldn't have been my choice as a signer. I'm definitely not kind of jumping for joy with it. But I also understand kind of the rationale behind it. And hopefully we will see the rationale behind it kind of come to fruition at some point during the season. Yep. Um, Matic is, is the third signing of the summer after Lindelof and Lukaku. Are we, are, are we both expecting and wanting more? Um, Ivan Perisic is, is on off and then in between and then, and then on off over and over again. Yeah. I mean, we can't really say what's going on. He's, rumors he's been offered a new contract, everything like this. Basically, no one has any idea what's going on. Um, but I'll, do do you want someone? Do you want a proper out and out winger like Perisic? I mean, honestly, I I I don't really, unless we're getting someone who is kind of at a really world class level. Um, no, I don't ever think this is going to happen. But the one we seem to perennially be or not even linked with it's just that a few journalists on Twitter claim that we're interested in him is Gareth Bale and unless it's someone in that kind of ilk of Gareth Bale's level which I don't think is ever going to happen then I, I don't really think that we should be buying, looking to buy another wing I think there are other areas that we need to address and especially having seen us line up with a free 3-5-2 a number of times during pre-season I'm not really sure where another winger would fit in we seem to be very well equipped with what with players that can play out wide at the moment and if we are going to be playing a 3-5-2 our attacking players are going to be limited to kind of much more narrow areas I would like to see Martial give him more of a chance uh, Mkhitaryan also flourished out wide when he played for Dortmund a lot of people seem to think that Mkhitaryan's best position at Dortmund was, with, was when he was in the number 10 role but he actually played his best in his last season at Dortmund um, playing at right midfield Juan Mata is an option out there although I think he's better playing through the centre I don't think a winger is a necessity unless we're looking at someone who is, you know, really world class. I personally, there's been links to Serge Aurier in the last few weeks, and I think that, or a fullback, but preferably a left back, it would be kind of the key area to strengthen for me. Well, I mean, I I would give Luke Shaw every game and give him another year because Mourinho seems to think his attitude's improved. But on on Perisic and the winger situation, I suppose. What you're getting with him is, is actually a winger rather than an inside forward, if you like, in, in old-fashioned terms. Um, Martial, Mkhitaryan, Mata, 
Lingard, Rashford, all sort of narrow wingers, inside forwards, rather than someone bombing down the wing. Um, which when we played Valencia out wide against Sampdoria as a, as, as more of a wing back than a right back, uh, the counter attack goal was, came from Valencia being out wide and really, really charging forward rather than everyone else being up the field and then Valencia bombing down the right. So, I mean, I would love to see us play with wingers again, but given the players we have and the talent we have in Martial, Mkhitaryan, Mate, etc., I don't think it, it's right to just sacrifice all that talent in favour of just of wanting to play with wingers. Well, and the problem, the issue is as well, I guess that you sign one winger, you really have to sign another. I, I remember under um, a couple of years ago, after, under Van Hal, we seemed to always persist with one player who loved to hug the touchline and stay out wide and one who used to come inside when Mata was always played in the right midfield role and it ended up just kind of um, di- disrupting the balance of the team because we'd have one side of the pitch where everything was going down the line and hugging the touchline and then one side of the pitch where everything came inside and we're trying to play narrow and it, and it just didn't really work. So I think for me part of the issue as well is that you sign Perisic and then really you need another winger to be able to do the same job on the other side. Otherwise, the team's balance just collapses. Yeah, that's true. I do think Martial should be given most games out wide. But there, there's so much. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to play with 3-5-2 with Rashford playing off Lukaku, and we'll talk about this when we discuss the Super Cup, then there's not many positions for a lot of players. You're, you've got two positions yeah. for um, Mata, Lingard, Mkhitaryan, Martial... Andreas Pereira for all of those five players to compete for for two positions and over a 60 65 game season that's all right but if we go out of the cups if we uh, get knocked out in the in the last 16 of the Champions League then you're playing 50 games a season there's going to be players who are only getting 15 games yeah. and if that's Pereira then he, he deserves to be getting more than that um on Pereira move on to pre-season away from transfers the exciting points, he's certainly one of them, Andreas Pereira. Oh, 100%. I've been really, really impressed with his pre-season. Watched little bits of him last season whilst he was on loan and I thought he he looked very good. He looked to have matured a little bit. Um, his, a lot of his decision-making had got a lot better because the talent's always been there. And I think he's come back and he he seems to be really working hard. I've seen quite a few, few things on Twitter this week from journalists claiming that he's kind of cemented a first-team squad place for himself, which would be great news. I think he deserves a lot of game time. I don't think he's done anything wrong. His attitude is brilliant. It would have been very easy for him to go away on loan and decide that he didn't want to try and cut it at Man United and he was happy kind of moving to a lesser club somewhere else, but he hasn't. He's decided to stick it out and fight for his place here, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And judging by his pre-season, I think he's going to have, hopefully, a great season as long as he can get the game time he deserves. Yeah, I've watched a fair amount of him while he was at Granada. They, their goalkeeper was really good um, last season, despite them conceding a huge amount. But their goalkeeper kept them in the game a lot of the time. But between him and Pereira, they were probably the two best players at Granada last year. And Pereira, certainly in the big games against Real Madrid, particularly Barcelona, the new camp, was Granada's man of the match. In poor performances, uh, weekly they would be spanked and they got relegated. But Pereira always stood out. And a really intelligent footballer who can play at 6, 8 and 10. And in pre-season, he's been playing in, in deep holding midfield. And that's probably not his best position, but he looks brilliant there. He he has the ability to hold the ball in ridiculous situation against both Sampdoria, against uh, Real Salt Lake, I think it was, against Real Madrid. He's 
got through four players just with his brilliant footwork. So I think he deserves 25, 30 games next year because he's a really exciting talent and with one year left on his contract could well leave come the end of the season if he's not given the chances then he's a really exciting player um, and one that, that I think has to be given chances otherwise we, we risk losing him. The other, Probably the other most exciting one is, is Tony Marshall. Marshall had a, a, a pretty good preseason, good confidence booster, some really great sort of signs of what we saw in his first season at United. I've been very impressed with Martial. I think he's come back from uh, from the summer and he seems to have hit the ground running in a lot of games. I mean, the most obvious example is the amazing assist for Lingard's goal against Real Madrid. I mean, that was classic Martial. It really did remind me of his first season. The silky footwork, the ability to just run at defenders. And then I think what, what actually impressed me the most about that little phase of play wasn't the great footwork or his great ability when he's running at defenders. We know that he has that. He's been showing that his entire career, even during the poor season last year compared to his first season. He still showed flashes of that brilliance. What I loved was then the composure that he showed once he got past those, what was it, three or four players. So then rather than try and lash it into the top corner, the composure just to get his head up and just lay it off Lingard for a single for a simple finish, that for me just just closed off the entire attack the entire great phase of play that he had that he had made and that I think is what was missing from his game a lot last season and in his first season to be fair and if he can just keep that maturity that great decision making going that I think is what's going to set him apart from the rest of the wingers in our squad I, I do think he, he could end up playing on that left permanently we've had this conversation a few times so we won't again but those cutting inside those dribbles are fantastic he's still got to work on his decision making there's some there's some times where he dribbles too much and other times where he lays it off too quickly. But if he can get that confidence again, that we we only really saw glimpses of it last season, even though he ended up with a decent scoring and assisting rate. We only saw glimpses of what we saw in that first year where he got 17 goals and was, was the main man for United. But Rashford as well, really exciting pre-season, particularly at the start of it. I, I thought he's got a new finish. He scored a few, definitely the one against City and against um, Real Salt Lake, where rather than wait for the keeper to come right out to his feet, he shot earlier than usual, across goal, across the keeper and into the corner. And I mean, that's that's not a finish that sort of just happens twice in a row. So coincidentally, I think that's, we've never really seen Rashford do that. I guess it's kind of a, a similar thing to what Harry Kane does if, the, if he's one-on-one with a keeper. And I think, that's probably something that's been worked on since the end of the season and it's another string to the to the ever-developing, ever-exciting thing that Marcus Rashford has. Yeah, I think Rashford could be in for a big season this year because the sort of way, the way that we've been lining up and things that Mourinho has been saying in press conferences seems to suggest that he's going to try and play Lukaku and Rashford together as much as possible. And he's looked, he's looked very good in pre-season. Obviously, you know, we're talking up all these players. At the end of the day, it is pre-season, so we can't get ahead of ourselves. Pre-season often has absolutely no bearing on what's to come. However, it does look like Rashford has worked hard um, during his time off. And I'm actually really excited to see what partnership he might be able to make with Lukaku because I think the two of them are going to be great foils for each other and they can work together really well. And like I said, I think Rashford's finishing, just from what we've seen in pre-season so far, looks to have improved it looks like he's kind of developed and a few little finishes that we didn't see perhaps last season and the season before in his career that hopefully he will be able to bring into this season yeah i'm 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 also excited about the, the yeah the rashford lukaku partnership um just playing off him 
just behind them, adding the pace, spreading the defence for Lukaku and making Lukaku a better player as well. And that's definitely something which I think we should use during the season. Any other exciting points you've you've picked out from pre-season, albeit pre-season? Just the three-five-two. I, I think generally I've been intrigued by it. I don't think we're gonna play it every week, but I do. I did like, especially against Sampdoria. I liked the way it affected the team setup. I think it allowed ha, ha, allowing us to have the three in midfield with Matic, Herrera, and Pogba, but also have the two players. Um, up front, which in the first half against Sampdoria was Lukaku and Mkhitaryan. Could easily have been Lukaku and Rashford, Lukaku and Lingard, Lukaku and Mata, whoever it might be. I think having both the three in midfield and the partnership up front just gave us a lot more dynamism uh, going forward. And I think having the three centre-backs also helps because, I mean, we've seen time and time again, Chris Smalling make stupid mistakes. We saw Daley Blind almost give away a ridiculous own goal. Um, he's not as error prone as he once was maybe I think I did like the way it affected the way that we played I can't see us going with it all the time but I think it's a good option to have and I'm glad that we've kind of used it a little bit in pre-season other people uh, Lukaku I think has been a bit up and down um, definitely been glimpses of what we're getting for our money Some a couple of nice goals I think against Sampdoria there was a few flashes of what he can do I think there was one point in the first half where he um, he got isolated one-on-one against the defender. Extremely obvious what he was going to do, but there's just nothing you can do about it. He's so strong. He's so fast. Uh, cuts inside and shot for the far corner when inches past the post. But that's kind of where I'm most excited to see Lukaku get turned without his back to goal, running towards, towards goal at defenders, because I think that's where he's most dangerous. And that's another reason why I think it would be nice to see him and Rashford in tandem, because Rashford, or in this case it was Mkhitaryan, really kind of take away a lot of the focus from Lukaku because of their runs and it allows Lukaku to work those channels a little bit more. United youth side has been very busy over the summer and it's so long since we last spoke to a huge amount has happened. Starting at under-23s level, Scottish manager Ricky Sprague has been reappointed under-23 manager. 12 years after leaving the club, he had quite good success when managing the under-21s as it was then from 2002 to 2005. Left and managed Sunderland, keeping them in the Premier League, avoiding relegation when he was given a few months in charge there. Went to the Scottish FA, joined United from the Scottish FA. And the under-18s and the under-23s together went to Austria for a pre-season training camp. Played a couple of friendlies there. Um, apparently that was a really good experience in a, in a beautiful location in the mountains of Austria, on the border of Italy, Switzerland and Austria. But when coming back over to England... Under-23s drew 2-2 with Salford City first. Callum Gribben and Charlie Scott getting the two goals in the second half there um, to get a good draw against Salford. Uh, They then beat a Bradford City 11. Quite a strong Bradford team, but not full strength. They beat them 2-1 in a friendly. DJ Buffon came on as a sub at half-time and assisted Zach Durnley before scoring from the penalty spot himself for that 2-1 victory at Bradford's training ground. And then United beat Oldham Athletic 1-0 in a friendly. Callum Gribben getting the goal there again. The under-19s have been competing at the Otten Cup, the annual prestigious tournament, really good tournament held by PSV Eindhoven every year in the Netherlands. United kicked off their campaign against Cruzeiro with a 2-0 victory. It's a really, really young squad for United. They're three 15-year-olds, Antonia Langer, a forward, Mason Greenwood, a striker, and um, 
Ted Mengi, the under-16s captain, a centre-back. Um, Mason Greenwood, you may have heard of in the last few days. He scored a hat-trick in Austria for the under-18s on his under-18s debut, then came uh, with the under-18s to uh, a Super Cup and I challenge match and has been playing quite regularly during pre-season for the under-18s. Really exciting 15-year-old striker. Anyway, 2-0 against Cruzeiro. Nishan Burkhart gave United the lead in the second half and Leo Connor scored a brilliant solo goal. Just before the end of the match, I think he'd probably dribbled through six or seven Cruzeiro players. Um, you can see that goal on at Academy Man United, Man UTD. The video of that goal is on there on, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And United will now go on to face Borussia Mönchengladbach and Inter Milan at the Autumn Cup in Eindhoven. Under 18 level, United travelled to Northern Ireland to play a challenge match against their under 17 side in the Super Cup NI. That game acting as a curtain raiser for the entire tournament, which the under 15s competed at. Nishan Burkhart scored the only goal of the game. An under 17 side beat Lincoln City under 18s 2-0. Brandon Williams and Milan Bars scoring in that game. Milan Bars is an interesting one. Joined United seven months, seven or eight months ago from Ajax. Very highly rated at Ajax. Um, has been waiting for international clearance until July. Has finally been given it and is now playing well for, for United's youth sides in pre-season, scoring against Lincoln. Um, Brazilian striker Gabriel Martinelli has come back to Man United on trial. He's been on trial at United on a few occasions and played as a sub against Lincoln. So watch out for the name Gabriel Martinelli. He's from Ituano, has played for their under-20s, despite being three or four years younger than he should be at that level. Um, has, I think he scored 17 and 17 for their under-17 side. So the under-15s at Super Cup NI, formerly the Milk Cup, uh, Super Cup Northern Ireland, Ted Mengi and Mipo Odrebeko were top goal scorers for United. Centre-back Ted Mengi, that is. Um, and left-back Sam Sharrock-Peplo was top assister as United lost in the Super Cup NI Globe final in Northern Ireland. The Reds comfortably won their first game. 3-0 against Kalina, Chilean side. Then they beat County Fermanagh 4-2 before 2-0 defeat to Southampton. That put them in the subsidiary tournament or second tier section of the tournament, the globe rather than the main section. And United beat County Armagh 1-0 to reach the final before being thrashed by Mexican side Chivas Guadalajara. The under-14s have been competing at the Udan Trophy in Sheffield. Anyway, a really exciting summer for United's youth sides. Lots happening, lots of signings made. Arnold Puigmal, midfielder from Espanyol. Ethan Galbraith from Northern Ireland, another midfielder. Those two awaiting international clearance, as is Largi Ramazani, a Charlton winger who's joined United. As is Aliou Badara Traore, former PSG midfielder, really powerful box-to-box midfielder. Excellent signing for United. Juventus and Man City also wanted him. He's waiting for international clearance as well. And Dishon Bernard, who has been given clearance, um, a Chelsea defender who signed a scholarship at United. There's also been lots of scholarships deals given to the under-16s, promoted to the under-18s. Uh, to find out more about that, go to academymanutd.com for more on those signings. But really, overall, really exciting under-18s age group shaping up. Hopefully some success in the FA Youth Cup this year and a really exciting under-16s age group as well. The UEFA Super Cup, first of all... Um, is it more of a trophy than the Community Shield, or is it the same, really? I think it's the same, really. Um, I don't think there's much to it. It's almost like a somewhere between pre-season and an actual game, but I mean, I don't think there's that much difference, apart from the fact that the team that we're playing in this case is a lot a lot better than the ones we would be playing in the Community Shield. Skopje, Macedonia, plenty of Macedonian Reds going, plenty of British Reds flying to Sofia in Bulgaria. Um, and then driving or, or getting minibuses to Skopje. It's going to be one hell of an away day. Um, not sure we'll ever be going back to Skopje to play. So 
if people are going, then it, it's it's going to be a, a fun one. I want to, to to remember. We've played Madrid once already this summer. Triumphed magnificently on penalties in the in the worst penalty shootout I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Can we beat them again? I think it's going to be tough. I, I mean, it was tough the first time, but there was a lot of rotation going on in the first game. Second half, Madrid pretty much had their under nineteen team out, but. You never know. Obviously, it depends kind of where both teams are are at in their preparations. You would hope that we're almost pretty much up to speed. Be up to speed by now. Premier League season, as we record this, is just over a week away. So you would hope that both of us are pretty much ready to go now. So I think this will give us the best indication of what a what lineup we we might be seeing, what formation we might be seeing, but also how close we are to being ready to challenge for, for, a, for a title and against some of Europe's best. I think that we're going to end up on the wrong side of this one, unfortunately. But it's obviously a lot of unknowns at the moment. It depends how seriously both teams take it, what kind of lineups they put out. Um, and kind of, you know, in years gone by, a lot of the Super Cups have been taken extremely seriously and have actually been quite high-level games. And I think, you know, we're still quite a way behind Real Madrid at the moment. So I think the, the higher quality this game is, the more... Serious Real Madrid take it, the less chance we have of winning. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't back us to win, but I, I think Madrid will be without Ronaldo, um, who's still on his his personal tour of China, personal commercial tour. I mean, only Cristiano Ronaldo could pull that off. That's why he missed the the friendly against United. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't back us to win, but anyway, first game of the season, who are we going with in attack? Because we've got lots of options. I think I'd probably go. As we as we mentioned earlier, Rashford off Lukaku, and then it's between Martial, Mkhitaryan, Lingard for for two spots plus the options of Mata and Andreas Pereira. Yeah, I'm gonna, I think this lineup will be very interesting to see which way it ends up going because, like you said, there are so many players vying for just one or two spots in the team. The formation will end up having a big say in what we end up doing for a, a last kind of. Almost warm up, I guess, to the um, to the Premier League season. I would like to see us go with the likes of Pereira because why not see what see what he can do against a very tough opposition? Obviously, played against Real Madrid in pre season, but I think this this will still, even though it's still sort of pre season, will definitely be a level up from the game that we played in in America. So I think why not go with people like Pereira, like Rashford, people who might still be on the fringes of the first team and looking to secure a place. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely really harder than the friendly mainly because it's not a friendly and also because Real Madrid won't play 19 year olds I think I think they had like six or seven 19 year olds in the second half um so yeah it'll be much harder but it, it should be a really good test and a really good um demonstration of our abilities if we can pull something off would you would you start Nemanja Matic yeah I would um coming in so late in the transfer window the more time he can have on the pitch with everyone I think the the, the more it's going to help I'd be very surprised if we don't put out uh, an almost full-strength team. Obviously, got a few suspensions at the back by Jones. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what kind of we end up doing at the back. But I would expect us to put a pretty much full-strength team out, and that includes Matic for me. From what you're saying, you're basically treating it as a a pre-season game in that play the the players who need playing, etc., I, yeah, I, th- I think it's fair enough to, to treat it like that in a way, but at the same time, you want pretty much your best team out there, and that goes for Nemanja Matic, so that will do. Yeah, right. In terms of the season as a whole, we've got 
we've got four questions about the upcoming season very very quickly um basically one or two word answers who's who's going to be our best player i'm going for for paul pogba i was going to say paul pogba as well but to make sure that i have something different i'll go with my second option or I've, in fact i'll say two i think valencia and martial valencia interested the main man from from right back fair play uh top goal scorer should should be lukaku uh, are you back, are you backing anyone else? I'd say if it's not Lukaku, we have we have some yeah. issues, unless he gets a long term yeah. injury. It, uh, well, if it's not Lukaku, then it'll be Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the six months after he joins us. What or five months from January <laughs> to May when Zlatan bangs in thirty? Um, yeah, it should be Lukaku. Um, biggest sort of surprise, good player. I'm I'm gonna say Andreas Pereira if he's given the chances that that he should be given. Again, I was going to say the same thing. Um, I'll probably have to stick with Pereira. The only other one I can think of, uh, because I think he's going to play more than we think, is potentially Darmian. He's had a good pre-season. He ended last season relatively strongly. Don't get me wrong, I don't think he's going to set the world alight, but I think he might exceed expectations slightly. Yeah, fair play. So I'm tipping the full-backs to have a good season. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do. Um, Compared to last year where we had some issues at left-back. Um, and the final one, most excited about. I'll let you answer this one first, so it doesn't look like you're copying me. It's got to be Pogba for me. Um, seeing him with Matic in the side, I think we're really going to see the best of Pogba, and and I, I'm so excited to see that. See what he can do in the Premier League this season. Yeah, see, this is this is why we do the podcast together because I was also going to say Pogba. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm I've spent most of preseason just sort of focusing on Paul Pogba and and how good a player we have. I think it. I can't remember which game. I think it was probably the City game, one of the early starts, where the only reason I was still awake was because of, of Paul Popper's magic in midfield and some just brilliant dribbles and brilliant passes. Um, yeah, I'm I'm so excited to watch Paul Popper. I think he could be the, the Premier League's best player next season, not just United's. Anyway, um, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. We'll probably be back about two games into the new season, new Premier League season. We're recording this just before I go to, to Spain to die in 44 degree heat. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us once again on the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. We'll hopefully have you tuning in throughout the season. Follow us on at UTD Weekly Pods. That's P-O-D at the end there for information on, on when our next episode will be, probably around August August 20th, roughly. Um you can you can hear more from Jack at at UTD T-A-I-T Tate and, and I'm at at Harry Robinson 64 cheers for listening have a good week goodbye Network. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step. And the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it.
The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.